Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, here on December the 10th, creeping up to Christmas. If you would, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26 and read on through, would you? We'll have a word of prayer, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And it goes on. It talks about creating the uh herb bearing seeds and all the animals and the fowls and so forth, you know. In verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day, verse chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day. All his work, which he had made. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank for the day you've given us, Lord. I pray, dear Father, that you will open up your word and show us what you have for us in it today. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here, right off the bat, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the life on the earth, including man. You know, and then I know I know people that are not of the faith really look at this and they kind of laugh at it. Why would a loving God make this? And look at what has happened. And not really understanding that we're the ones responsible. But you know, God already knew this. And God had it all worked out. God had it all worked out. We look in uh, Genesis chapter 3 then. What happened? What in the world happened? Well, Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. It says, And the Lord said unto the serpent, This is after Eve had taken of the fruit, of the tree she wasn't supposed to touch, and gave it to her husband, and he took it also. Therefore, they had sinned, bringing sin into this world. And God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, Thou hast cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field, and thou shalt go, and, and uh, excuse me, and thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise his head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Therefore, sin entered into the world. And really, the first prophetic verse that. Uh, what God's son was going to do. Old Satan was going to do his work and God was going to save us. And uh, just a prophetic verse there right off the bat. Why would it need it to even put in, to be put in there? Well, God already knew this was going to happen. And God had a plan. He had it all worked out. You, you doubt me on that? Well, let's look in, uh, according to the Bible now, you're believers in the Bible, right? Let's look in Titus. We go clear back to the New Testament. And we're going to look in the book of Titus. 
the, all the T's are together, right? Look back there, and after, it's right at the end there. The Book of Titus, just a little bitty book. We've read this before. But it bears repeating, I believe, in verse 2 of Titus chapter 1. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised. When did he promise it? Us this? It says here, before the world began. What plan? There's a plan. He had a plan. What plan? Well, if he didn't have a plan, what would happen? Well, they would have died in their sins and went to uh, eternal punishment. Later on, we find out that that is a place where it was prepared for Satan and his angels. And there'd be no way for man to be reunited spiritually with their God, but with their Creator. There'd be no way. Because we read in the Bible that no, no, no liar, no adulterer, no... No uh, thief, and it goes on, and all the list of sins can enter into the kingdom of God. Then, when you get down to the end of it, that means everybody. But he had a plan. What was his plan? Well, let's see the kind of the beginnings of this. Let's look in Isaiah chapter seven, in verse fourteen. It says, "Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel." Well, what was going to happen? Well, what was going to happen is God is going to send the Messiah, who was the Messiah, His Son, His Son, and He was going to send His Son down to this earth into a person's body through the miraculous work of a woman that was a virgin and I know some people say well that word means young maiden in that context it, it, it means virgin that's what it means and he was going to save us from our sins what he was going to do. And you can look in other other prophetic verses. You can look at um, Micah 5 2 also talking about the same thing. And what what's it what's it talking about? It's talking about the good Lord coming down into a baby's body to live a perfect life. To tell us about his good news, the gospel, to die on a cross and raise again on the third day. He had a plan. He had a plan. Let's look at John talking about this Messiah coming for uh, for us into this world through the body of a person. John chapter 6 verse 37 this is Jesus here talking. And he talks about the completed work, the, the part of this plan, part of this thing that God had all worked out with his father before the world ever began. Verse 37 of chapter 6. And it says, 
talk, this is Jesus talking. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. He came to reunite us with our Lord, the completed work of Christ's redemption was to reunite us with his Father, to correct what had taken place uh, way back there in Genesis when we were separated spiritually with our Lord. And Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was that his Son would come and do this for the creation. We look back here in John chapter 17, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. This is Talk about the Lord's Prayer. We usually talk about the model prayer, right? To show you how to pray. But this is really the Lord's Prayer. He's praying it. Jesus is praying this prayer. And within the, this prayer, uh, he prays for us today. Let's look in the first four verses. Then we're going to skip to verse 20. And he says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, and he should give eternal life unto as many as hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. He was rounding the end of his ministry. And here in verse 20, he prays for us even today. He said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and I. That's you and I. He had it all worked out, my friends. He knew what Adam and Eve were going to do. And he had a plan. He had it all worked out. He had a way. You imagine that? Jesus Christ had a way. John chapter 19. John's full of all these gospels, really, right? Of great, great, wonderful things and truths. But John 19, verse 16 through 20. John 19, 16 through 20, it says, Then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away, and bearing his cross, went forth to a place of the skull, which is called Golgotha, where they crucified him with two, other, with two others with him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. And let's look down here in verse 30. And when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Notice he gave his life. 
They didn't take it from him. Even though he was crucified, that did not kill him. I mean, it did, but he gave his life. He gave his spirit. He said, it is finished. It's paid. He paid fully for the sins that I committed on that cross. And then he gave up the ghost. you imagine? It said that he could have just called a legion of angels and said, you know, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this. Really, he could have spoken a word. Remember, he's God. But he bore that our sin on the cross. It took his blood. It did take his blood. Why? I don't understand it all. I'm not going to pretend to tell you I understand everything. All I know is that it took his blood. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 9, part of this plan. This thing that God had worked out. Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22. Hebrews 9, in verse 22, it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. For without the shedding of blood is no remission. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. You say, well, that's what they sacrificed those bulls, those calves, and all that for. Well, keep your finger here. I mean, you don't have to keep your finger here. I guess we're in this chapter. Let's look back a second in the chapter, this chapter, verse 12. It says, neither by the blood of goats or calves... But by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained the eternal redemption for us. For if the bulls, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ashes and heifers sprinkled unclean sanctifieth and purifieth the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal, his eternal spirit offered himself without spot, to God, purge your conscience from death to death, dead works to serve the living God. It took the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, that's how much he loves us, and that's true. And I heard somebody say, yeah, that's also how much it took to, to, to clean my dirty, rotten sin. <laughs> you know, it was part of his plan. It was part of the plan. We look down here into chapter, that same chapter, verse 26, and it said, Then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world, world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He gave of himself and his blood. Somebody that didn't have to do this. This is God. He hates sin. God can't even look at sin. That's why when Jesus Christ was on the cross, that God turned his back on his own son and he said, you know, Lama, 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 I can't even think of the words now. That, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Excuse me. You know, it's amazing what he was willing to go through. 
for you and I. When Jesus Christ gave up himself, gave up his blood, he died on the cross. He rose again on the third day. Before his body was made perfect, he went to heaven. He walked into that heavenly temple. The one that this on this earth that the Jews had was a representation of the one in heaven and had two cherubims and in heaven there was real ones. And he went to that real mercy seat and he sprinkled his blood on it. And on that moment, my sins were forgiven. Forgiven. Isn't that remarkable? So that we may be saved from our sins. And we read through that Roman road in the New Testament that talks about asking Jesus Christ in the heart of our Lord and Savior. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Ask him to forgive us of our sins and come into our hearts and lives and be our God. And believing that he is God. Believing he rose on the third day. I tell you, what a miracle. Biggest miracle known to mankind was the salvation of a lost sinner's soul. By far. Including my own. What a remarkable thing, my friend, is it not? And then a lot of times in his plan, this is like people say, okay, that's his plan. It's all done there. And they will warm a pew or maybe not even go to church. Say, I don't, I don't need to do anything else. First of all, if you can do that and not feel any kind of guilt at all, Lord hasn't corrected you at all for that. Maybe you need to check into that salvation. You know as well as I do, if you're saved, you need to uh, serve the Lord. The plan is for you and I, after salvation, to serve. Let's look in Philippians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I'll write this at the bottom of a lot of a lot of birthday cards in that. Philippians 1.6. It says, Being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will finish the work that he started in you, my friend. He will finish the work he had started in you. Let's look at Acts chapter 20. Acts Chapter 20, and verse 24, Acts 20, 24, and it says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life near to myself, so that I may finish my course with joy and ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Let's look back here to tease again at Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. We're running out of time here. 2 Timothy 4, 7, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. This is Paul talking here. When we get saved, God has a purpose to the present for you, my friend. We have a great work to do. 
There are many people dying going to hell. How many have you told this year? This week? How about today? Told anybody? We need to, don't we? There are people dying going to hell. And I don't know about you. But I want it to be said to me at the end times. In Matthew 25, 21, it says, For the Lord said unto him, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Don't you want that to be said to you? This plan was to save your and my soul. But it was also to save your and my life. And there's nothing more satisfying to a Christian, my friend, than to serve the good Lord. There's nothing more fulfilling than to fulfill your destiny. And if you're saved, my friend, your destiny is to serve the Lord in every way, yes, to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he calls on you to do something, you do it. There's nothing like having a relationship with the Lord. There's nothing like having uh, your life fulfilled by serving Him, by spending time with Him, by reading His Word, by witnessing for Him. It's exciting times, my friend. Hard times are coming, maybe. But it's exciting because I believe the Lord's coming and we have much work to do. I'll end it there. Let's have a word of prayer to our Thank you for this day. Give it us, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will just help us to glean something from these few verses we've read today. If they're not saved out there, Lord, then the ones that are listening, help them to get saved today. If they are, that they would get excited, Lord, to serve you today. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you have a good week, a good Lord's Day tomorrow. And please witness to some poor lost soul, would you? God bless you.